it's gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. I haven't left my house in weeks. Everyone is being so socially distant right now. I think I'm going mad. I think I'm going crazy. I think I might have cabin fever. Never fear, Kaiju groupie. Your favorite podcasters are here. You don't have to face these trying times alone. We're inviting you and fellow Kaiju fans to Kaiju Quarantine. A mega monster movie marathon. Featuring informative and riftastic commentary. From the crews of your favorite giant monster podcasts. Kaiju Weekly. The Monster Island Film Vault. Kaiju Conversation. Gargantucast. Monsters vs. Men. Tokyo Lives. And Kaiju Transmissions. We'll watch Kaiju classics old and new like Godzilla vs. Gigan and Raigo, King of the Sea Monsters. So join us on our Discord server April 4th and 5th at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time for the epic event of the spring. If it keeps the Kelax from destroying us all, I'm not missing it. Let's do this. Once again, that's April 4th and 5th at 2 p.m. Central. Kaiju Quarantine, come together right now over Kaiju. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. I am your host, Travis, and with me is a special guest host all the way from the other side of the planet, the lands of hobbits and elves, <laughs> <laughs> AJ from the Cult Popsure Podcast. Hello, and I, I actually am a hobbit, so there you go. It works. <laughs> well... Yeah, it works. You, you you look more dwarven though. That's to me. true. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. But we are currently all um, self isolating within our hobbit holes over here. So um, it's these are these are grim times. Are you are you guys where you are? Where are you? You're in. It says uh, U.S. I'm, South on Discord. Is that where you are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in. I'm in the state of Mississippi, um, which right. is. Uh, Pretty much as far south as you can go in yeah, the U.S. Yeah, yeah. unless you go to, like, lower Florida. Yeah, yeah. So are you guys in lockdown? What's your stat rep regarding corona? Um, well, I mean, we're not under lockdown here in my home state. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the places, like restaurants and stuff, are closed. But, I mean, there are places here in the states that are shut down completely. Um, but my... My home state, we tend to just kind of like pretend like things don't happen and everybody <laughs> goes about their lives like normal. <laughs> Yikes. Well. Yeah. Best of luck to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm I'm staying home. Good on you. Other than, yeah. So I'm like, I'm isolating myself and, and making sure I'm not, but just like I had to go out to work because I, I deliver newspapers. So... Mm. I'm actually considered an emergency like service. So I have to go to work. And while I'm out delivering newspapers, I'm like, um, there's still a ton of people out and about. (laughs) Yeah. 
that's that that's i mean the, the the opposite of that is is i went to the supermarket yesterday which is the only place we're allowed to go and mm-hmm. uh the the streets are so barren and empty that it's actually unsettling in a way i wasn't expecting like to see to see what time of day it is and to see no cars on the street and no people in in shops and stuff is is very uncanny yeah, I know in uh, in California and in other states here in the U.S., they they are completely on lockdown. No one's allowed to mm. leave their home and everything. And so you see pictures of it. It's just like looks post-apocalyptic because it's just the streets are just empty. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. that's sort of a good segue into talking about kaiju, though, right? Because it's essentially a, a kaiju invasion without the kaiju. Right, exactly. So, uh yeah, uh, for people who are not familiar with your podcast, I can't imagine people uh, who listen to us not being familiar with your podcast because <laughs> you have so many more listeners than oh, we do. But, so uh, but uh, do you want to give a, a, a um, just a quick rundown of what your podcast is about, Cult yeah. Popture? Yeah, sure. So we're, we're a bunch of Kiwi people, Kiwis, Kiwis. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's, that's probably our self-identifier. And we... Um, Talking about movies and stuff, our main show that we do is called Film Franchise Fortnights, where every fortnight me and my co-host Richard watch a film franchise, uh, and we watch every, you know, episode in that film franchise and then discuss it on a podcast. Um, we've been going since 2016. Uh, we've we've recently crossed over the 100 film franchise mark. Um and oh, we are wow. currently in the middle of doing a multi-part episode on James Bond for what was going to be a tie-in to the release of No Time to Die uh, and is now a pointless exercise that is going to, at best, just leave one of the episodes unfinished because we can't see the, the latest movie as it has been delayed due to COVID-19. Um, right. So yeah. apparently there is plenty of time to die. <laughs> there is more time than there ever has been before to die now. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're in the middle. We're about to, we'll be releasing, when's this episode coming out? The one we're recording? Um, this Wednesday. This Wednesday. Okay. So we'll have just released our Pierce Brosnan rundown, um, by that time. So head on over to Colt Popshire if you want to hear us chat about that. Yeah, I was just listening the other day. Um, I'm behind on cult, on uh, uh, f- um, franchise Fortnite. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was just listening. I'm not a big James Bond fan, so I guess mm. that's why I've kind of fell behind some because I'm not a big James Bond fan. But I was listening to you guys um, do the um, oh Welsh actor. What's his name? Uh, oh, the one who did Timothy James Dalton. Bond. He only did. Yeah, Dalton. Yeah, Timothy yeah. Dalton. Um, uh, I don't know why my brain went blank there for a second. It's all good. Um, but yeah, I was uh, I was listening to uh, you guys talk about that um, his movies, mm. uh, and I was listening to that episode, and it was really good. I, I knew I started I listening I started listening to your podcast probably twenty six uh, late twenty sixteen twenty seventeen early mm-hmm. twenty seventeen I think so it must not have been too long after you guys started. Mm. Um, 
but I remember because uh, we are part of Facebook, uh, the same Facebook groups, yes. and I was talking about my love of Godzilla, and you mentioned how you guys had just did a Godzilla episode where you covered all at the time thirty four or thirty five. There's there's more now, so it's hard to keep track of. I I would yeah. like to point out though that I have seen them all. Like we've watched them. We've watched the ones that have come out after we recorded the podcast um so i ha- i can still claim the title that i have seen all 30 god there must be like 36 or 7 now yeah there's like yeah there's 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 a bunch and so i was like yeah, yeah. and i it's just the the for lack of a better way of saying it the balls on you guys for taking on such a huge franchise like that and trying to fit it into a single podcast episode Mm. is just (laughs) well to to, to be fair we did split that one up into um categories so we did we did the show a period first which you're like oh you split it up into categories the show a period's 15 films so if we're watching them over a a fortnight that's still more than one a day (laughs) you know like we have to, yeah it's it's 1.1 exactly. a day um and so uh we yeah the, the, we did it and and we split up the episodes into different the different eras which are showa heisei uh millennium is that the third mm-hmm. one and then just the the yeah. scraps at the end um and so yeah it was it was it was an interesting time there's there's a lot of films and when you watch um the thing about old films like godzilla which started in in the the 50s um and we've discovered this with a lot of the franchises we've covered the thing about them is that they came out a lot of them came out in a time when home video releases weren't really a thing and so sequels were often designed to elicit and remind you of that original film and so things like godzilla or the uh the classic 50s mummy series the sequels are essentially not as good versions not as good remakes of the first film because they're just there to remind you that this film exists and so when you watch them all in one go like we did with godzilla they can be pretty rough um and you know there there are some highlights but boy did do you go a little stir crazy in the trenches there um watching the, oh, your, yeah. your 13th godzilla movie for the week yeah well i mean there are entire podcasts just dedicated to going through each of those movies individually Mm. so the fact that Mm. you guys condensed it all down into just that one big uh episode was just like it it was just crazy but i I remember enjoying it a lot um (laughs) when i was listening to it and that's what yeah it's great because we we weren't we weren't experts or like we'd never really seen any of them either so it's it's like we've we've discovered that before as well as like when we do a franchise that is particularly special to a large community and it's like hey everybody we don't know jack shit here's us talking about this franchise that you hold dearly and maybe not even being that nice about it (laughs) right (laughs) well yeah but hey you guys are entertaining and that's you know even when you guys uh might you know talk poorly about a movie that i like Mm. it's still entertaining to listen to so at least there's the benefit of that (laughs) thank you so much um so yeah uh, um because this this podcast is mostly focused on giant monsters and i know you cover a lot of different things you don't just cover monster movies and things like that but outside of so with with monster movies are you a fan of of like kaiju and godzilla and all that kind of stuff uh i I would say 
and broadly speaking, no, I'm not. Um, I don't seek it out. I've only really seen the Godzilla movies and the occasional, you know, homage kind of film. Actually, have I? Maybe I haven't even seen them. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> pertain to having a favorite genre either. So, like, I'll go see any movie right. if it's good. You know, good movies can come in any shapes and size sizes. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a. I'm specifically a kaiju fan, but I'm certainly not a. Um, whatever the opposite of a fan is a hater i'm not a kaiju (laughs) yeah yeah i get you that 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 makes total sense and it's totally fine that you know you're not uh a huge expert on kaiju and have seen every single thing that (laughs) has ever existed (laughs) because (laughs) because you know i mean i i invite you on this podcast because i enjoy your podcast i i think you're uh, you've got a really unique perspective on movies. You have a way of looking at them that's really unique. So even though you're not, you know, necessarily a, an expert, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> there you go. Wow, good, good. Um, well, we are going to go ahead and dive into this episode. Um, with uh, Kaiju Weekly, what we usually do is start with a couple of news items mm-hmm. because um kaiju giant monster movie news is kind of hard to come by it's so (laughs) spread out um so i like to cover some news items just to give people things to look at yep so um the first bit of news i want to share with everyone is subaraya the company that does ultraman has officially announced their newest ultraman series titled ultraman z the new series will follow ultraman zero and his new pupil ultraman zet the series will pre- uh, premiere on June 20th on TV Tokyo in Japan. So, are you familiar at all with the Ultraman series? Oh, is that the one? No. Was that, is it animated? Um, well, there was an animated um, series on Netflix. Yeah. But traditionally, it's a live action. And this is the one where they all connect show. together and make Ultraman? Is that... Am I thinking of the right one? No. No, what's that one? No, no. I think you're thinking of uh, Sentai or Power Rangers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> or, or you might you might even be thinking of Voltron. Voltron. <laughs> I was thinking of Voltron. Yes, absolutely. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, uh, Ultraman is a superhero from uh, that started in the 60s, and it has been going, the series has been going ever since then. Like, they, they've, if, since 1966, it has been nonstop in Japan, but it hasn't really made a huge uh, leap outside of Japan, but he's a superhero that fights giant monsters. Very cool. Um, and uh, there's different versions of the, like they they will constantly reboot it and redo the series. Um, you know, every couple of years or whatever. Uh, and so this is the new version of it that's coming out. But it, it's just it's one of the longest running franchises in history, hmm. and it is. Like, Godzilla is hugely popular in Japan, but Ultraman is more popular in Japan than Godzilla. Wow. Okay. And uh, the the only thing I can compare it to is the way that Doctor Who is in the UK. Right. Okay. It's just this long-running show that every generation has had you know has watched and enjoyed and just constantly you know it's just been a part of their culture for so long yep all right um it's uh yeah it's it's definitely a fun it's it's one of those things that if you're not into 
kaiju kind of like the the well like the power rangers if you're not into like power rangers type stuff you're definitely not going to be interested in Mm -hmm. ultraman well i'm not specifically into power rangers but did you know they film it here yeah yeah yeah, in new zealand i actually knew that (laughs) i once applied for a writer job on power rangers and i did not hear back oh wow that would have been awesome actually (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i i'm a huge i'm a power rangers fan i'm a fan of super sentai which is the japanese show that power rangers is based off of Mm -hmm. um and all of those types of things um so ultraman is right there in my wheelhouse but i'm because it it hasn't made a huge impact outside of japan uh and it's just now kind of like getting a wide release outside of japan um i'm just now getting into ultraman so um i'm not you know a huge expert on it but i'm i'm learning nice (laughs) Um, the only other bit of news that I have is there is a movie coming out called Brave Storm. Uh, it's a Japanese uh, movie based on a TV show from the 1970s called Silver Mask. And it's going to be released on Blu-ray and video on demand April 7th. So this is a giant robot themed movie i know nothing about this i just saw it on the news and so i wanted to share it with anybody who is a fan of giant robots because giant robots count as kaiju (laughs) interesting okay what is the official definition of kaiju well i mean i have like a loose definition of it but uh kaiju in translates to english as strange beast yeah okay and in in Japan, kaiju is just used for their term for monster. It's it's yeah, just yeah. any monster is called kaiju. Um, but and, and then there's another word, dai kaiju, which is giant monster. Right. But just like the word anime outside of Japan has been used to refer only to Japanese animation, mm. kaiju, by most people's definition, refers strictly to Japanese monster movies yeah yeah i get it um whereas whereas in japan kaiju just you know anything that's a monster could be kaiju nice um it's like like i said like anime in in japan mickey mouse is anime right of course yeah because it just means animation (laughs) but but outside of there anime strictly refers to things in japan so so that's the uh that's the definition most people use me personally kaiju just means giant monster and i use it to refer to i mean to me clifford the big red dog is a kaiju (laughs) have you discussed (laughs) that on the show before i mean we've kind of talked about it a little bit yeah um it's a controversial opinion that i have Mm. but (laughs) no that's great i love that i mean if that if that dog ever decided to turn on humanity no one could stop it yeah yeah (laughs) no and and everyone treats clifford like he's just like oh that's so cool that he grew so big because of all the love that he had it's like this is a this is a marvel of science and is both terrifying and fascinating and everyone's just like yeah let the little girl keep the dog it's fine right it's like uh this thing isn't natural or normal we yeah. need to be afraid of this thing yeah it should they need to make a gritty clifford the big red dog horror movie they are making a clifford the big red dog movie 
um at some point right. in the future uh, i think a live action one but i don't know if it's um if it's going to go that <laughs> if it's going to go the, the right. way of godzilla um but that would be very cool yeah <laughs> i would love it i would love to see it but <laughs> yeah um so yeah i have like a i have a looser definition of kaiju and i think people who listen to this podcast may figure that out mm-hmm. going by the the topic of this week's episode the main topic yeah. for this week's episode because that it's not traditionally considered a kaiju film i just kind of i'm like hey it's a giant blank so it is um, a giant blank gonna... that's the thing is like if your basic definition of kaiju is that it's a giant monster the tomatoes and attack of the killer tomatoes um are they are giant tomatoes compared to the size of a regular tomato. Right, exactly, exactly. So, yes, uh, so yeah, we can get right into the main topic, uh, our review of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, a movie from 1976, I think is what it was. I thought it was eight, but you probably have the or seventy-eight in front of you. 78. I... I I forgot to write down the day, the, the year. <laughs> That's the only thing I didn't write down. So, okay, 1978 uh, horror parody film that was directed by John DeBello, produced by J. Stephen Peace and John DeBello, and starring David Miller as Mason Dixon. So, And c- can now, I say, uh, you could have not picked uh-huh. a better film title to... Uh, reflect the differences between the american and and kiwi accent uh because in a in a classic uh lexicon uh challenge i say tomato and you say tomato right exactly (laughs) i didn't even it did not even occur to me until you said it i was like oh yeah (laughs) i may end up saying tomato just by the end of this episode Nice. So, uh, um, we usually, on this podcast, we usually have a trivia question that we ask at the end of each episode to hint to the next episode. Um, mm-hmm. the tr- I didn't ask a trivia question for this episode. I just asked an opinion question, which was, what is the scariest fruit or vegetable? <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, I didn't get any answers because we're recording kind of um, earlier than we normally record in the week because we usually right. record on a Sunday. Um so I didn't get any answers to read out, but I wanted to ask you. So if you were to be attacked by a giant fruit or vegetable, what would be the scariest one to you? I think a, a durian. Is that oh, the fruit? Yeah. The, it's, it's, first of all, it's spiky. It, it's got a spiky outer skin. So already that's quite right. aggressive. But the durian is famous for smelling real bad. Uh, yes. but tasting fine but smelling real bad so i think the scariest fruit would be one that looks scary and smells bad yeah yeah the, i didn't even think of a durian that mm. that yeah that would be scary because it just is so rotten smelling <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh i think it's called corpse fruit in some places because it smells like a rotting corpse so yeah i was thinking more of like a a a dragon fruit because you see the dragon fruit that thing is scary looking yeah um uh chili peppers are like the the real like ghost peppers and stuff those are those look like like monsters you know like those are those are oh yeah vegetable they'd be a vegetable wouldn't they not a fruit would they be a fruit they have seeds 
yeah, they're technically a fruit. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so that... Oh, <laughs> uh, there's so many options on what we can count as a scary fruit or vegetable. But, uh, mm. so... I, I wanted to cover Attack of the Killer Tomatoes because, uh, with you on the podcast, because A, you guys on Cult Popture, you guys have a great sense of humor. And so I knew you would come into this film with a good sense of humor, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of needed when watching this film. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also because you guys cover franchises on franchise, uh, film franchise Fortnite, and yeah. i wanted to i wanted to cover something that you haven't done on there and that you aren't likely to do on there yeah which <laughs> i so did i did i do a good job <laughs> yeah i think um i think the the main reason yes you did do a good job but i think the main reason i was attracted to watching this film is because we also use uh we swear a lot by uh, rotten tomatoes like that's sort of how we garner our critical mm-hmm. consensus which is important when discussing film regardless of like your individual opinion on it i i believe it's important to acknowledge the general consensus of a film and rotten tomatoes right. is, is a pretty good example of that and i think and maybe you'll know this. I think Rotten Tomatoes is called Rotten Tomatoes as an homage to Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Is that true? Oh, really? I actually don't know. Um... I, th- I I think I heard that somewhere once before. It might not be true. Um, sort of like in the, the idea that like if you're a Rotten Tomatoes, because it's a rotten film, um, and uh-huh. uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes is considered one of the one of the best worst movies of all time i guess or something something you know some kind of title like that yeah yeah um according to wikipedia it says the name rotten tomato uh tomatoes tomatoes i was going to say tomatoes um uh connects to the practice of audiences throwing rotten tomatoes when disapproving mm. of a poor stage performance that's um, probably more so, a, i don't know where i read what i read then yeah, but th- th- I, that was interesting. I had never heard what you had said, because so, uh, I just automatically uh, connected it with this of like, well, yeah, back in the day they threw fruit and vegetables. You know, That's probably rotten. more it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they should have thrown yeah. durians. It should be called rotten durians. Yeah, rotten durian. Oh man, if Rotten Tomatoes ever collapses, that's what we need to just start our own film like review aggreg- <laughs> aggregator. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man so this film i i really want to hear your opinions on this have you have you Mm -hmm. actually had you had you seen this movie before watching it for this podcast and what did you think of it no i hadn't seen it before watching it for this podcast i had kind of a peripheral awareness of it as was just proven by my complete (laughs) non-fact of it being based on rod or rod tomas being based on it um I knew I knew its title. I knew that that there were sequels, um, and I knew that uh, it was kind of tongue in cheek. Um, mm-hmm. And going into it, I think I was expecting uh, more an homage to uh, monster B movies uh, or or B movies in general, such as something like the Machete films um or mm-hmm. um i don't know planet terror like the grindhouse kind of thing i think i was expecting right. like an an a an early late 70s 
uh, answer to something that we see all the time or saw all the time maybe 10 years ago um, which were the, these like throwback B movies um, but it's more like scary movie it's more like airplane like it's a spoof movie more than a, mm-hmm. a, a satire um, and what did I think of it Travis well <laughs> I didn't really <laughs> like it <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, I, I I mean I'm happy you know it's it's all good to talk it's probably better to talk about a movie you didn't like um, on a podcast than a movie you did like because we've right. we've learned anyway there's a lot more you can say in hatred than in love sadly <laughs> about about films um i don't know man i i i liked maybe so it starts with a woman getting attacked by a tomato and it's Mm -hmm. like haha that's pretty funny and then it does this real silly theme song where where it sings about killer tomatoes and i was like cool right i'm down and then oh my god dude i (laughs) i watched this with my flatmates and one by one they just sort of dropped off until i was the only one like paying attention to the to the tv um i think i think that that this was maybe cutting edge and and maybe really funny in 1978 i can see this being sort because it is kind of a pioneer in terms of low budget you know diy filmmaking um right and there's a there's a very impressive scene right at the start where like a a a helicopter like spirals out of control on a field and it's like Mm. what the hell is going on how did they film this um but yeah man the humor not my sense of humor the the storyline just gets so convoluted um (laughs) and and hard to follow as well the the tomatoes The most interesting thing about the film, these giant tomatoes, are pretty few and far between for a movie called Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Um, and also the the poster, like the cover for the movie, is like this tomato with this big toothy grin, you know, and right. evil eyes. And I was kind of expecting a bit more effort to go into what... The, like, they, they talk about how the tomatoes are eating people, and they're Mm -hmm. killing people but all you ever see on screen is someone from off screen has clearly just rolled a tomato or a giant tomato prop down the footpath and you hear like this grumbling like noise coming from it (laughs) and it's it's just it's it was maybe enough in 1978 it wasn't enough now (laughs) i could i i wasn't pulled into the illusion of the film um and there's a there's a a really like dated homophobic joke right at the start uh which oh, is yeah, actually definitely is yeah the, it's a double punch with a racist joke at the same time um right which, which i won't go into and like when it got to that i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah i'm i'm, I'm, I'm already <laughs> feel like kicked off the boat and spent the rest of the movie just trying to be like all right let's let's scramble back onto it um but i don't know i think I th- I think my my flatmate described it as a dad joke of a movie, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> this is a dad joke of a movie because it's it's based on a short film. Is that correct? Um, I I'm actually not really sure what it's based I, I on. I think I saw it was based on uh, a short film, and I would I yeah would, yeah I would hazard to guess that this would feel better as a short film. It's a short film concept that kind of feels stretched out to an hour and twenty minutes and. Uh, I was not there for it, Travis, as as the kids say these days. <laughs> well, now I 
I will tell you this, that if you ever do get around to watching the sequels, the mm. tomatoes do start mutating into more aggressive, like, like the, the toothed ones with the eyes mm. and everything, uh, later on in the sequels. So, uh, but this first movie, they're just they're just tomatoes, like you said. They're just tomatoes that people are throwing from off screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's, um, that's interesting because it's, I, the, you see, you do see similar things with um, these sort of instrumental horror. Is I don't know if I call this a horror, but you know, right. <laughs> grim grim franchises. Like for example, I don't. I think the first Friday the Thirteenth is one of the weaker ones. It's not really until three or four that it starts getting what i would think people who enjoy friday the 13th movies would like like i feel like the first one isn't that great and you right. see that with a few other of these franchises that have that have exist more as icons than as um you know more people know about them than mm -hmm. have seen them uh and so that that makes right. sense I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if i if i were to watch the sequels and i enjoyed them more than this one but i don't I don't think I want to watch the sequels at this point. <laughs> well, if you guys ever get around to covering this franchise on uh, on your podcast, mm. you definitely need to get me on. <laughs> we will, yeah. Well, so I, I think I had said in a previous episode, um, because this uh, this episode is coming out on April 1st, so what mm. better way to... Uh, celebrate april fool's day than to force your co-host special guest co-host to watch attack of the killer tomatoes yeah no it's, this is this is a great april fool's joke well done great prank travis <laughs> well the thing is okay i like this movie <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> i i mean i totally get everything you're saying and i, I totally understand where you're coming from um mm. i I like uh, movies like um, Spaceballs and uh, Airplane and yeah, Naked yeah, Gun. Okay. But those are the gold standard of this kind of genre. Like, like Spaceballs is Mel Brooks, you know. Like it's it's right. Th this this feels like um, the the small potatoes imitation of of something that was mastered with with I would say Airplane is probably the peak of of spoof cinema um yeah whereas this is well i, don't I think know. that i think that maybe i don't know i i think that this did a good job of being a parody of because you, if you take into the context of which on this podcast we have to do a lot because a mm. lot of the movies that we talk about are from like the 50s and of 60s course. and you yep. know, stuff um so if you take into context the time period this movie came out at the time, there were a lot of really uh, gory creature features that were out at the time. Um, you have uh, a lot of movies that, uh, what I call exploitation horror. Um, so they were kind of like the exploitation films, but they were they were geared towards horror and creature features. So um, you had like uh, the nest, I think was one. Um, bugs was one uh so you have a lot of these mm -hmm. really just uh i think you even mentioned um planet terror and i think that taking into consideration that that was what was coming out in theaters at the time mm. and then 
someone said, let's parody all of that and make it this screwball comedy. Yeah. Works to me. I mean, it, it works mm. for me. Um, now, not every joke <laughs> works, yes. but the idea, I think, is a good idea. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't disagree. I think that, um, I, so I'll take any movie on whatever terms it sets out at, at the forefront. And to be honest with you, a, a, if I do, and I don't know if this is a genre, but if I were to say I love a genre, um, I, I really like, I really like films with silly premises that take themselves very seriously. That's I I've that right. that's sort of the type of movie I would want to make. Um, the best example I can think of off the top of my head is actually a TV show. Have you seen um, American Vandal on Netflix? Um, I've heard of it, but I haven't actually gotten around to it. So that's that's a show that is about something very silly. Uh, but it takes mm-hmm. itself very seriously and it it climbs the ladder so you start out and thinking this is such a silly mockumentary and then you get to mm-hmm. like okay they're taking it seriously which is funny it's funny that they're taking it seriously but then it tops up at uh now i'm taking it seriously like now i'm right. i'm emotionally moved by the characters now i care about these characters despite the silly premise um and so I hear a movie like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and I'm absolutely will- ready and willing to invest in that. I'm absolutely ready and willing to be a part of that. And uh, I think that, as I said before, if this was just a, if this if this took itself seriously, um, and you start you start on the the basis that it's about tomatoes rising up and killing people. You can make that funny and you can make that silly and but you can still take it have it have the film itself take it seriously and still be like a dramatic um and right. comedic and dark kind of like fun time. What I didn't like about this film the most was all the like Monty Python esque uh uh scary movie airplane spoof moments where like like okay, so so a good joke in this film is uh-huh. um all the board members when discussing how to how to stop the tomatoes they have a really small boardroom and a really big table and they've all got to right. kind of move around it and climb over it that's a that's a great joke um what i don't like is is things like um uh the that when they like send all the guys out to all the troops out to go attack the tomatoes one of the troops is like a little drummer boy who came from nowhere. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's like a, ca- a cartoon <laughs> cartoon logic. There's there's another scene where a, right. a woman is in the forest eating steroids, like in like a cereal box. <laughs> you know, it's it's things like that that I'm like, I wish I think I wish this film were set in the real world and was made funny uh. by the the conflicting realities of killer tomatoes in a logical grounded universe but instead it goes it goes full cartoon and i think that that particular sense of humor isn't necessarily bad but i think it's maybe a bit dated for me anyway yeah yeah i can see that i can definitely understand that um to me i'm i'm with you i love the type of movies that are these just absolute ridiculous scenarios and hilarious, you know, situations that characters are in and everybody is playing it as straight as possible. Like mm. it is, you know, that everybody is deathly serious. I love those types of movies. That's one of the things I love about Mel Brooks is because everyone in those movies, in his movies is playing mm. 
so serious and so good, yeah. uh, you know, like taking it so seriously. Um, but even uh, in just comparing this to like the Mel Brooks films, I would not compare this to something like High Anxiety or uh, or um, Blazing Saddles mm-hmm. or something like that. Like to me, that is like peak Mel Brooks at a level that he, you know, that that's that's peak. Mm-hmm. This is more in line for people who aren't familiar with this. I mean, the humor in this is more in line with a Spaceballs because, like you were saying, that cartoon logic, mm. you don't get that in a lot of Mel Brooks movies until you get to like Spaceballs. And yeah, then Spaceballs, yeah. you know, they, they've gone plaid, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and so this movie kind of fits more into that kind of humor um so i definitely understand why it's not appealing uh you know to you specifically that scene of them in the office uh at the at the table had me laughing so hard Mm. (laughs) i don't know what it is about that scene that i love i've seen it uh, because i've seen this movie before Mm -hmm. now you know like i've seen this movie when i was younger i've seen it you know as an adult and that scene always makes me laugh, especially when they start talking about the acronyms for the different uh, operations, military operations. Yeah. And one of them is just like P, 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 P. And they go. <laughs> it's like, well, how is Operation? Ah, <laughs> uh, right. I <laughs> just... missed it. I missed the I missed the setup of the joke and didn't understand it. But that is that is a good joke. That is funny. Um. And and yeah, and look, I there, I didn't, I definitely wouldn't say I was, I was rolling on the floor laughing, uh, any at any moment in this film. But there were there were a couple of jokes I enjoyed. I enjoyed the, the the boardroom being too small. Um, a, a joke I I really I, that I I chuckled at was when um they're about to leave the room and then on the radio it's like an important news but we interrupt the story to bring you an important news bulletin and they turn the radio up to listen but the radio show is so like stooped in sponsors and explaining things right. that they don't get to the bulletin they keep going they keep explaining that this is a breaking news story and it's brought to you by this radio station which is the best radio station all around da, 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 da. so that's right. that was funny i liked that joke i i didn't like um twice in the film uh in the lower thirds of the screen it like advertises a furniture shop <laughs> i didn't like that that just felt uh, it just yeah. it takes took me out there's another part where where a character um just sings a song in a boardroom and i was like what is happening i feel like i'm being assaulted i feel like my, my senses are being assaulted i i don't didn't really understand what he was singing about um because that by that point in the film i was like i was kind of looking at it and not necessarily watching it do you know what i mean like i'm like staring yeah, at the screen right. I'm, I'm trying i was like i'm going on someone else's podcast i gotta try i gotta try <laughs> to understand the film and i see like there's a part where a bunch of people are in a car and then Abraham Lincoln and a scuba diver gets out of the car. And I was like, what is going on? I don't understand this joke. And I don't, I don't want you to think that I was on my phone. My phone was out of battery by the time I was watching. So I was paying attention and I feel like all the jokes, or not all the jokes, but a lot of the jokes were like 40% of the way there for me to be like, ah, yes, that, this is, I can identify this as the punchline. You know, I can... I I can see that this right. is the setup and this is the punchline. It's like they get near the punchline but don't don't nail it, and I'm just left bewildered a lot of the time. 
<laughs> oh man, that's it's funny. I mean, I I completely respect mm-hmm. uh, where you're coming from on this because I I get it. I totally get it. I, I guess I think there might be something to the fact that I have seen this movie more times. I think that's it. Maybe yeah, yeah. It's, um, well, and can can there is a moment? Uh-huh, go ahead. Uh, can I ask how how old are you, Travis? I'm thirty. Okay, so we're not that that much difference. Because I'm 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 nearly twenty seven, so I thought I thought oh, okay. maybe the difference could be, I don't, I don't know how old you are. I don't actually even really know what you look like. <laughs> We're talking on <laughs> Discord with with um or nothing but a profile picture to 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 show each other. Um, but right. I thought I thought maybe it's I th- I think it's probably less an age thing though, and more that you've essentially like i don't know if you'd say you grew up with the movie but you you have seen it in the right context a lot of times i i watched this movie um at about 10 30 at night after um finishing die another day the, the pierce brosnan james bond movie which uh-huh. spoilers for uh the pierce brosnan podcast is oh what a what a terrible film and so i was <laughs> i was real in the mood to have my spirits uplifted um you know well, that's why you didn't like this movie you watched a terrible movie and then you go and watch this one of course <laughs> <laughs> maybe that could definitely be it that could definitely be it um but yeah no that that, that might be it that might it just might, might be the context that we that we watched it in though yeah i can't imagine oh, i don't like maybe if i went to see this film at like a public screening like they do with like the room um and mm-hmm. everyone was having a great time and everyone's like because I've, I've noticed actually that i like comedies a lot more when i watch them with people who like them and they laugh at them when you're in a right. room full of no one laughing at a comedy i think that that's one of the most poisonous things you can do for a comedy because everyone just sort of goes like what is this why am i why am i laughing at this why why are we right. watching this if no one's laughing at it um and may, maybe i just have snobby elitist flatmates travis maybe that's the problem <laughs> oh man yeah maybe because i mean you haven't listened to too many episodes of of this podcast i know you said mm. um because you haven't had the time been, which totally so uh, flat fine yeah, yeah. yeah that's totally fine um but like i just a few weeks ago maybe about well probably about a month ago now uh reviewed the movie the giant claw Mm -hmm. which is one of the worst monster movies Mm -hmm. just it is so bad and if you've it's from the 50s and i always say whenever i'm doing uh this podcast that we have to take it in the context of the time period you know like you watch king kong from 1933 the special effects are dated by today's standards, but you know, if you're looking at it in the context of 1933, this was the most amazing thing they've ever seen. Yeah. But with the giant claw, when it came out, even in the fifties, people thought it was terrible. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and I had a blast watching that movie because my co-host and I had so much fun, just really, really just, just tearing it apart and everything. So I it definitely understand how the people you're around can heighten uh, your appreciation for a yeah. movie. I do think that my appreciation for this movie does come a lot from the fact that I've seen it more times. I've seen it. I saw it when I was younger. Um, there's even a an animated TV show, or there was an animated TV right. show based on this movie and this series of movies. So I've like to me. I knew what to expect going into it. Mm. 
And I think... And yeah. I think that might be. Yeah, and I don't want people to listen to this podcast and, and think that I come across as some kind of, like, uh, serious film snob, which I probably am. But, the, the like, <laughs> I, I do I do want to reemphasize as well and, and, and reiterate that, like, I I was absolutely ready and willing. I, you know, I knew the premise and I was like, cool, I'm ready. I, I, I yeah. was not expecting to not like it, I should say. Um, so I was, I was ready and willing. Yeah. And I just wasn't, I never really got on board or rather I, I got off board <laughs> very early in the film. <laughs> very quickly. Mm. Yeah. I can understand that. I'm just thinking like, maybe I should have got your other co-host from Pagolt Pop. Maybe I picked the wrong one from <laughs> Cult Pop. Sure. I don't know. Man. <laughs> Richard, I don't know if Richard would like this film either. He certainly, he certainly <laughs> likes more, um, cheesy comedy than I do. Um, and I don't think he'd mind me right. saying that. Like he he loves puns and he loves um, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one of his favorite movies is uh, They Came Together, um, which oh, is yeah. a movie that I've they've he, him and um, one of our other um, hosts on the show, Rowan, have made me watch one and a half times, uh, and they love it. And I just sort of sit there being like, huh, it's a good joke. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So no, I, I think, totally. And yeah. it, yeah, and I want listeners like you. I want listeners to understand that I I listen to Cult Popture, so I, your podcast, mm-hmm. so I know that you have a great sense of humor and you <laughs> like comedies and stuff. So I, this is this is not you being a film snob. I totally get it. <laughs> I think I sometimes I do just tell people I'm a film snob though, just to avoid the conversation when they're like, "Oh my god, did did you love The Greatest Showman?" And I'm like, "I haven't seen The Greatest Showman." And it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's pe- I... people are going to be like, oh, you're such a film snob. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> it's just a quicker argument. I can't. Well, my thing is, I can't say I'm a film snob because I like Godzilla movies mm. and the, you know, the cheesy monster movies. So it's like, I can't really say I'm a film snob because then people are like, but you watch these cheesy <gasps> movies with people in rubber suits (laughs) gogeta is in the criterion collection like the first gojira is is considered to be a very important film in the the annals of of film history um oh yeah definitely so i mean the sequels definitely aren't and once you get to something like son of godzilla um which i know you guys have covered recently i was like man Mm -hmm. this what a far cry this is this has been from um the 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 like sorrowful and like uh regretful gogeta that in under 10 films you get to right. son of godzilla which is like like the the statement and the message they're trying to make is gone and it's just about the the surface level um rubber suits and and right. stuff like that by that point yeah well and the thing is all 15 of the Showa films are in the Criterion Collection. It's not, just Go- oh yeah, my God. it's not just Gojira. <laughs> All 15 of the Showa films are in the Criterion Collection. And it's because they are significant. You they know, are they significant, are... yes. So, uh... Like, well, I, I, I think if, if you could, you can call yourself a film snob. Then, if if you if you <laughs> like fifteen films in the Criterion Collection, at least fifteen, I think you absolutely can can qualify to to, to just tell people you're a film snob if that's what you want to do. Right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't consider myself a film snob because I do enjoy You know, I, I don't. I enjoy movies that I know 
are not good. Like I recognize mm. they're not great films, but I enjoy them yeah. anyway. And uh, this might be one of them. <laughs> this Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> I think <laughs> I watch too many genuinely bad films for the podcast to want to watch them in my leisure time now. Right. Like if I have if and like it is very rare these these days that I'll watch a movie that isn't either a new release like one that's just come out of the cinema or mm-hmm. something for the podcast. That's that's 90% of the films I watch. Um, occasionally, someone will put on a film and I'll sit around and watch it. I'm probably not going to use my spare time to watch a movie anymore, which is very sad. Um, yeah. And, but, like, I have seen... You know, I've seen all 17 Earbud movies for the podcast. And right. When you do that, when you're, when you're, when you're, you're, you're so deep and entrenched in um, the Earbud movies, uh, or, or, um, I th- was talking last night, one of the worst movies, one of the worst sequels I've seen is uh, Legally Blondes, the third, oh, and yeah, relatively um, little known uh third legally blonde film like that's one of the worst Mm -hmm. movies i've ever seen and (laughs) people say i love bad movies and it's like you love a certain type of bad movie and attack of the killer tomatoes is definitely part of that category that's so bad it's good but what people never talk about is so bad it's bad um which is your 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 legally blondes and your your ear buddies and your um, right uh bring it on straight to dvd sequels there are yeah the, the the most recent bring it on sequel came out in 2017 and it sucks dude it is a mess <laughs> of a film because the oh, thing wow. the thing about the difference is if i can go if i can continue this rant if you yeah yeah if go ahead this, <laughs> the difference is is that something like the room right the the citizen kane of bad movies the room right. is is a fascination right the the room is mm-hmm. like there are a thousand tommy wiseau's in the world but only one of them had the money to make a movie and that's why right. that's a fascinating movie something like attack of the killer tomatoes is tongue in cheek and you you love it because you you like love the the schmaltzy silliness of it and i totally understand that as well something like um bring it on worldwide cheer smack or legally blondes yeah. or um oh hell Ra- hellraiser revelations these movies uh-huh. are bad because they are poorly written and very complex <laughs> and i don't uh-huh. mean complex in the way that um the godfather is complex you know i don't mean nuance <laughs> i mean legally blondes ends with a a court case that is so poorly written you don't know when it's reaching it's like thematic climax you don't know you don't really understand the stakes the 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 thing people don't expect is truly bad movies are complicated and truly Mm -hmm. good movies are good because they're easy to understand a lot of the time there are exceptions Mm -hmm. but you would you would think i think people would think that something like um I don't know, something like Citizen Kane is going to be regarded as more complex than Legally Blonde 3. It is not the case. Legally Blondes is a thousand times more complicated than than Citizen Kane or The Godfather or Apocalypse Now. <laughs> right, yeah, and that, I think that's where it comes down to the difference between being complex and being convoluted. Because complex yes, means there's thought put into it and there's thought put into the complexity of how, you know, to make you think about this. Convoluted mm. is it's complex because no one put any thought to it. They just threw things together and it mm. just doesn't make any sense at all. And that that rarely will a kaiju movie 
be convoluted i don't think i think kaiju movies are so bad they're good more often than mm-hmm. if, if they are even bad some of them are obviously some right of the best movies even yeah yeah Right, you do have some really standout ones, but yeah, and there are, I mean, of course, it's there's going to be cheesy monster movies and stuff, but mm. yeah, I mean, even uh, just on this podcast, we've talked about the Tremors movies, and mm. the Tremors movies, there is a, this kind of cheesy simplicity to them, where it's just, it, it, it just, later on in the movies, it just essentially becomes one guy versus monsters, and that's mm. it. Do and, you know... I think Tremors uh-huh. is is the best example of what I thought Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was going to be like. Oh, really? <laughs> like this the silly, cheesy concept, but it's a great story, and you've got great characters, and it's taken it's the the characters take the situation seriously, and the world takes it seriously. It's just got giant cheesy worms in it. Um, I right. think that's what I was expecting Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I'm glad you brought that up because because Tremors is like what if Jaws but a little bit sillier, you know? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and it, and that's what makes it great because it's yeah. just that simple premise. Uh, that but yeah, I can see that. I I guess I should have uh, warned you. Well, no, I do not, kind not of like. <laughs> I like getting your your like honest yeah, feedback yeah, no. from. I, I I harbor no resentment towards you for making you watch it. <laughs> it is all good. Yeah, but this definitely, this movie does fit more into like a Spaceballs airplane. And and like mm. you said, those are more gold standard. Those are top tier ones. I, I definitely understand this one is more dated. Um, in fact, in my dislikes category, that is one of the main dislikes that I have for this mm. film is that a lot of the jokes are dated. But to me, and, and maybe because I've seen it more often, there is some subtlety in some of the humor like of course there's there's the big like you said there's um a girl eating a, a box of steroids you know mm-hmm. like cereal um so you have those types of th- types of things but there is some subtle humor in there like uh, um there's some wordplay there's some dialogue that they go back and there's some back and forth there that's really well done that i think maybe because i've seen it enough times i've i can pick out the little subtle jokes in it whereas if you're watching it for the first time the most standout thing to you is the the screwball Mm. comedy that's there and one of the things i do like about attack of the killer tomatoes is it's not just one type of humor it's not just screwball comedy it is a mixture of the the subtle the more wordplay the more dry humor mixed with the very cartoonish very silly fourth wall breaking you know level stuff um mm. there was one and i, I know it, i don't know if you would have gotten it because i don't know how familiar you are with uh cities in the united states but there is a moment where they they show a city and the text on screen says new york but it is so obviously san francisco <laughs> and that to me is one of those subtle jokes that's a that good is, joke yeah it's it's a great joke and it's so subtle because you see the golden gate bridge you see alcatraz island you see the <laughs> the trolleys and then they put up the big the the word that says new york <laughs> yeah. and it just made me laugh it really made me laugh nice yeah okay that's a good example then yep no, I get it. Okay, yeah, this movie's great. Now, <laughs> I will, I will give it an extra half star on my letterboxed uh, rating of the film. 
No, I, I mean, I want you to be honest. I'm glad that, I mean, it's okay that we have the, the different viewpoints of mm-hmm. it. Cause I do, I completely get where you're coming from. If yeah. you're not familiar with this movie and you go into it and just the absolute craziness of what this movie is i can definitely see being like okay i'm done yeah i'm done (laughs) (laughs) so i definitely get it i totally get it Mm. um it's funny that uh one of the reviews that um somebody gave it uh let me see it was from a one of the magazines uh um yeah um Emmanuel Levi or Levy uh, gave the film score a two out of five uh, from Variety. He says it isn't even worthy of sarcasm. Um, <laughs> Time Out uh, called the film a one joke spoof. Mm. So you know there are people who agree with you. Definitely, well, it's got like twenty seven percent on on Rotten Tomatoes, right? So it's right. I would say that yeah, it's the- got. <laughs> Probably more people are are aligning with me. Maybe not that it's a. Not, I'm sure it has, totally. a, has, a, has a larger um, audience score, but yeah, I, this definitely isn't yeah. a movie made for critics, though, and I think that's an important distinction. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. It, this movie is definitely because uh, the audience score is forty three percent, and uh, it, it's a cult movie. You yeah. know, there's there's yeah, definitely exactly. a lot. A bigger following. I mean, it's still it like it's still around forty, um, what forty going on fifty years mm. after the movie came out. It's yeah, yeah. still around. Yeah. So it resonates with people in some way. Yeah. Um, I I really like this review. Um, uh, on uh for the. With the Blu-ray, um, the Blu-ray edition that came out in 2018, uh, writer Michael Gingold mm-hmm. uh, wrote that Attack of the Killer Tomatoes may be one of history's most misunderstood films. It has mm-hmm. often been celebrated as a prime example of so bad it's funny cinema, when in fact it's an attempt at intentional comedy that is at best a scattershot success. Yeah. So I think that's what people people go into this movie thinking, oh, this is this is such a silly premise. This is so dumb. And it's like, but that's kind of the point. The mm. point of it is to be silly and to be dumb because this is this movie came out in a time period when, more, uh, you know, we had in the fifties and sixties you had the the B movie. Um, craze with giant monsters but then in the 70s you started getting the exploitation these more gory more sex driven giant monster movies and this just kind of came in is like just punched all of those in the face and said here's how silly they are yeah it's not um it's not a case of being so bad it's good because so bad it's good movies don't realize they're bad this is more something like birdemic which is n- understands what it's operating on and um, tries to tries to 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 uh, coax you into its comedy with that um, setup. So, um, moving into, I, I want to bring up some of the trivia for this for this movie because some of the trivia you might really appreciate. Because okay. um, you you talked about that helicopter crash. Mm at the beginning of the movie or towards the beginning of the movie yeah. that helicopter crash was unintentional 
It, it looks unintentional. It was, <laughs> it was not meant to... The helicopter was not meant to crash. It was meant to land on the ground. Then the, the pilot and the actor who was in it was supposed to jump out and be like run like they were attack, being attacked by tomatoes. But what happened was the tail blades of the helicopter hit the ground causing the helicopter to spin out of control debris and the top rotor blades narrowly missed the police officers in the scene and the crew off camera mm. uh so the pilot received minor injuries after being pulled from the wreck uh jack riley and george wilson who were uh, standing there who were two actors who were standing there they quickly ad-libbed the rest of the scene as the wreck was set on fire <laughs> so it's like they they're like this this is good just keep it going yeah. <laughs> that's great and yeah the crash of the helicopter uh and it was a rented helicopter mm-hmm. it was not a one that they had bought uh used up more of the budget than every other part of the film combined <laughs> Wow, so it so could have I been just, even lower budget if they'd landed the the damn helicopter so, better. Right, it could have been even lower budget. This movie, this movie is so crazy <laughs> that they actually had a real life helicopter crash and they just kept filming. <laughs> That's awesome. They're like, well, we'll use it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I another thing is uh one of the main plot points in the in the movie is the song "Puberty Love." Okay, um, it, I, it I had playing... such a peripheral understanding of Puberty Love. I it's, That's the song that when you play it to the tomatoes, it kills them. Yes? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it shrinks them back down to regular right. size, and, and so they can... Yeah, um, that song was... You know, it's not a real song. It was made for the movie. Yeah. Um, and it is performed by Matt Cameron, who would later go on to be the drummer for Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. <laughs> so it is so crazy. One of the things I love about giant monster movies, or just monster movies in general, is sometimes you will find the weirdest connections mm. between these like big name stars or these you know famous people and these silly dumb goofy movies oh yeah i mean one of one of jack nicholson's first movies that he ever did was little shop of horrors yeah 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 man there's stuff like that all through films like this as well like um uh, kevin bacon is in friday the 13th part one um paul mm -hmm. rudd is in hellraiser no no halloween four or no i think he's in halloween six yeah, Paul Rudd is in Halloween 6 and a, a very different role that he has never played anything like it again. Um, and oh, so wow. it's, it's full of stuff like that. Who's the guy from Parks and Rec? Adam someone? Um, oh, oh, good question. I'm he is Parks in, I'm just guy. looking it up. He is, Adam Scott. He is in Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, Adam Scott. He's in Hellraiser 4 and he's playing like a Victorian um character like someone from the victorian era oh wow and it's and he's taking it very seriously and paul rudd in halloween six is doing a weird voice and he's taking it very seriously so you've you, in movies from this time period you really do find all sorts of strange little uh versions of now famous people being very different to how they are right now. yeah and and uh I don't know if you're if you're familiar with the Star Wars Christmas special of or course. Ho- holiday special. Yes. 
John Bon Jovi did the music for that. <laughs> I didn't know that part. <laughs> he actually uh, was, he wasn't even that famous. He was just, he was working, I think he was sweeping the floors of the recording studio and they needed someone to come in and play so, for one of the songs to go into that uh, that film mm-hmm. or that, that TV special. And so they got him in there and said, here, just play, can you play an instrument? Yeah, I can play an instrument. And so go in there. So John Bon Jovi, before he was famous, was in the star wars holiday special <laughs> it is it's some of the craziest things now uh also along that lines if you do i'm not saying you have to but <laughs> but if you do watch the sequel to attack of the killer tomatoes the return of the killer yeah. tomatoes it has a very early days george clooney yeah i did read that on wikipedia it was so I was wondering if yeah, this was what it was leading up to. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. real interesting. George Clooney. Yeah, and it is... So what I, I think I said in our previous episode when, when I talked to someone about this movie, um, what they did with the sequel, at least the first sequel, is they basically did like what Gremlins 2 did, where they didn't even try to recreate anything from the first film. They just went balls to the wall and just went absolutely nuts with it. So if you think the screwball comedy in this one is a little too much, the sequel pushes it even further. (laughs) (laughs) That's such an interesting comparison to Gremlins 2, because for those who haven't seen it, Gremlins 2 is full of Mel Brooksian um monty python-esque sight gags and and silly jokes whereas gremlins mm-hmm. one takes itself relatively seriously it's in a, a realistic world with with grounded right. reality you know <laughs> and, and whereas gremlins two feels like a cartoon and you, but <laughs> attack of the killer tomatoes is probably more cartoony than gremlins two so if if a t- right. return of the killer tomatoes is the is gremlins two to attack of the killer tomatoes i cannot imagine what kind of movie it is it, 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 it's intriguing isn't it you kind of want to watch it now huh <laughs> maybe um, well i mean because the gremlins two or not gremlins two uh attack of the killer tomatoes two or return of the killer tomatoes is where they introduce the mad scientist who actually created the tomatoes and they mm. he starts turning tomatoes into humans and so there's a tomato that turns into this beautiful woman and a big you know part of it is she's this beautiful woman who's kind of this fish out of water she's a tomato she doesn't know what's going on which is so funny because in the 1950s and 40s tomato was a term used for an attractive woman (laughs) so and there's a she has a pet tomato that's furry it's it's like covered in hair and it like it it sounds like cousin it from the adams family it's it's just there is a point in the movie where they run out of budget and so they have to reshoot the scenes, but with more product placement. And so they just start putting every kind of product they can in the scene. And it's just, uh, it just becomes absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, it, it goes into more cartoony level humor than even this one does. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a time. 
<laughs> it's a, it's an experience. <laughs> Won't say what kind of experience, but it's an experience. <laughs> Very interesting. Oh, man. So, do you have any final thoughts on this movie that you want to share before we move on? <laughs> um, oh, not really. I think I think I've said said most of what I I was planning to say. So let's let's get on get on moving on. Well, here are my final thoughts. I I usually I've been I I haven't been writing my final thoughts out uh usually, but I've been starting to try to do it more because then I have more concise uh you know thoughts and i can put them all down in writing so here are my final thoughts on attack of the killer tomatoes Mm -hmm. while being an acquired taste it's a well thought out parody of exploitation horror films of the era on the surface it's dumb and ridiculous but there's an underlayer of intelligence to the madness there's no wasted moments in the film as every scene is filled with comedic beats ranging from the absurdist to simple wordplay So that's my glowing review (laughs) of this film. Uh, Yeah, Um, I think I think if you are on board with the sense of humor, you would have a great time with this film, which you were and I sadly was not. (laughs) Yeah, I also I also think that the scenes where the government officials are just kind of sitting around doing nothing while the whole country is, you know, being attacked by giant tomatoes kind of a little, you know, fits in a little too much <laughs> with modern day. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a very pertinent film. People need to rewatch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes because it says, it says a right. lot about our society. <laughs> right. It's so socially, it's socially um, relevant nowadays. Yes. <laughs> um so on this podcast what we do instead of giving a movie a score out of uh, five stars or whatever um we like to score them out of godzukis now godzuki is i don't know if you're familiar with the godzilla animated series from the 60s or 70s no no Uh, it was a hanna-barbera series so the same people that did like scooby-doo and all those yep and they introduced Godzilla's goofy, dumb nephew named Godzuki. I do know. Actually, you know what? I do know what you're talking about. I am am aware of this. Now that you're saying it, I'm seeing the images in my head. So, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's kind of like the scrappy-doo of the Godzilla universe. Yes. (laughs) And so, to show how this podcast... We don't shy away from the silly, the absurd, the dumb. We, We like to celebrate the kaiju genre in all its forms even the more dumb uh forms that it takes uh so we use godzuki as our measuring stick for how we measure uh, movies Mm -hmm. so out of five godzukis how many godzukis would you rate attack of the killer tomatoes uh before this podcast honestly i probably (laughs) i probably would have ranked rated it like half a godzuki like I I I struggled through it, brother. Um, but <laughs> after talking to you and and sort of understand, and this I find this happens a lot, genuinely. With um, if I don't like a movie initially, mm. and then I study into it or or learn more about it, I generally end up liking it a bit more. Um, so maybe I'd give it um one and a half Godzukis. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I'm glad that I I helped you appreciate the movie just a little bit more. Mm. <laughs> Although, do you uh, really do you really want more Godzukis? Shouldn't your rating system be reversed so that ideally you right. want a, a perfect movie would be zero Godzukis? <laughs> I know, right? It should be. It should be the opposite. Um, yeah, no. I the thing is, and before I get into mine, um, there is a comic book artist who does a lot of um Godzilla comic books named mm-hmm. Matt Frank, and I got to interview him oh, uh, for cool. the podcast. And he I was uh, I went to a convention and he was doing um a commission? Um, commission i kept thinking consignment i'm like that's not the right word mm-hmm. oh my goodness oh <laughs> can you tell i work overnight <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah he uh he was doing a uh he was doing commissions and so i actually uh got him to do a piece of art and he has done every kaiju that you can imagine pretty much mm-hmm. uh in comic book form like he's worked on so many different things that he's done ever and so i was trying to think of what do i want him to do because i'm like i don't want him to do a godzilla because he's done godzilla so many times i don't want him to do this and i don't want him to do and so i was like you know what and so i explained to him the rating system for the podcast and i was like i want you to do a godzuki in your style so I have a matt frank original godzuki done in his style that is my favorite thing i own right now (laughs) (laughs) that is awesome and it's just like because why not i I, we talked about it on a previous episode but i think uh you know there's nothing wrong with the people who really deeply analyze movies and Mm. who really you know the thing that i don't like is nitpicking i don't like nitpicking. i agree but but deeply analyzing films is fine but i often think that people forget to have fun Mm-hmm. people forget that this is an entertainment media yeah. that this is supposed to be fun yeah. and so in our own way this is kind of our way of saying we're still here to have fun we're using godzuki mm. as our rating system <laughs> nice okay i get it cool um so for me because i I knew what to expect going into this movie and I knew I enjoyed the humor. Um, the, not all of it. There were some, like you said, there were some dated uh, jokes that I didn't like, but for the most part, the style of humor I was ready for, I'm going to give it three and a half Godzukis. Okay. I, I can respect that. It's not a perfect film and it's definitely an acquired taste, <laughs> but much I like think- a tomato. Is a tomato and a quiet taste? I don't really like tomatoes, but I I had some cherry tomatoes on a pizza the other night and they were real good. So maybe I do like tomatoes. (laughs) Yeah, I I think tomatoes counts as an acquired taste. (laughs) Okay, cool. So, yeah. So that's our review of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, a fun movie that (laughs) is definitely unique. (laughs) Mm, I'll agree to that. Oh. it's, it is unique in, in its way. And if anybody is mad because this podcast that mostly focuses on giant monster movies, kaiju, uh, 
is mad that we're covering a movie about tomatoes. Um, I have a t-shirt that we're selling on our, uh, our t-shirt store that has a tomato and has a little sign that says, uh, fruit, vegetable, and they're crossed out, and then it says kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They count as kaiju. <laughs> and also, if people have a problem with it, it's April Fool's, baby. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, the entire month of April... We this podcast has dedicated to the monster movies that are a little left of center. Yeah, nice, <laughs> good idea. So, yeah, so we've got Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. We've got Night of the Lepus. We've got uh, um, Little Shop of Horrors. We've got a few like things mm-hmm. coming up, and I'm really, really looking forward to the Night of the Lepus episode because. That movie is so... That one's one where they they went in with the intention of making a horror movie and failed so (laughs) miserably. (laughs) That sounds great. And it's just about giant rabbits that attack a small town. (laughs) Incredible. I love it. It's so funny. And there are going to be so many Monty Python references in that episode of this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Very cool. Sounds, uh, sounds like a good one. Yeah. So, uh, moving into our next segment is the mailbag. So, we like to uh, answer uh, letters and tweets and stuff that people might send us mm-hmm. and uh, give them shout out and stuff. So, uh, our mailbag uh, today, uh, it's a question that comes from one of our Patreons, uh, Patreon supporters, Thorax, who I like to call the artist formerly known as Kevin because he used to be called Kevin on all his social media and then he changed it to Thorax. So, <laughs> Yeah, hell yeah, Kevin. Um, Very cool. <laughs> Thorax, hell yeah, I can buy that. I'm, I'm behind that. Yeah. I'm yeah, going to change my cooler. social media name um, to Red Fury and exclusively go by Red Fury <laughs> from now on. <laughs> oh man, I need to change mine to Mason Dixon. <laughs> uh, um, so he sent in a question: Do you partake in Japanese cinema outside the kaiju genre? He said, "I'm currently watching the Zatoichi series and other samurai films." So this is a good one for for you because you're not specifically a kaiju fan, mm. like you said. So, do you watch a lot of Japanese cinema? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I think the only Japanese cinema I've seen will have been Godzilla and a, a, a oh, okay. few a few stray anime films that I've I've gotten around to watching. We recently covered for our Patreon, um, not to not to plug my Patreon on someone yeah. else's <laughs> podcast, um, but we covered your name on on. Uh, oh okay on, on our patreon podcast and i sort of that's a fantastic it, movie. Is, it is a fantastic movie and i sort of talked in that episode about um how, why i well i don't really understand why i feel a disconnect to anime and japanese cinema but it's not i'm, I'm not proud of it you know i'm not proud of this disconnect i'm right. not like yeah i don't like anime it's just i just have have found <laughs> myself struggling to connect to it i guess for some reason yeah i get that i get that um, for me, I've seen some of the Zatoichi um, films, the samurai films. Uh, they're they're really good. Um, I, 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 this going back to our discussion about being a film snob, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of Akira Kurosawa films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen Seven um, Samurai. 
Yeah, Seven Samurai. Um, one that I really like that doesn't get talked about a lot because it gets overshadowed by Yojimbo and Seven Samurai, which uh, is Ikiru, mm-hmm. um, which is his uh, film that it's basically his Citizen Kane. Right. It, it, it is so much. It reminds me so much of what Citizen Kane was doing about the life of this man and his, uh, you know, what he's going through and everything and ikiru um is all about this man's life and journey when he discovers that he's dying and how he wants to change uh the perception of him how you know people view him and make a difference in the world but yeah he's you know is it too late in life to do that now that everybody kind of knows him as this person that he is, uh, it's it's a fantastic movie. It's it's one that doesn't get talked about a lot because Seven Samurai um, uh, and and Yojimbo and some of the other Kurosawa films kind of overshadow it a little bit. But that one, there's also another um, more more recent. I think it's 2002 um, samurai film that I really enjoyed, which was When the Last Sword Is Drawn. Mm-hmm. It's a great historic epic um, that's that takes a more honest look at the samurai time period, that Edo period of Japan, because a lot of times the samurai are are romanticized in Japanese culture, um, kind of like in America, we kind of romanticize the cowboy. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, they really weren't fantastic people, and <laughs> a lot of them weren't these noble warriors like they're usually portrayed. And this movie kind of takes a more honest look at what samurai culture was like at that time period. Interesting. Um, and outside of that, I, I'm a fan of the Studio Ghibli films. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, My Neighbor Totoro, um, Princess Mononoke. All of those films are really good, and uh, I like a lot of. I, I don't. I'm not a huge anime person, but there are a few animes that I really like. Um, Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy is Bebop one is that very I really cool. Like. I haven't seen it um, all, but I've always wanted to because I've seen a few episodes it, and really want to get into it. It is fantastic. It is one of the best anime like just or really just a great series in general yeah yeah so if you're getting into and it's one of those ones that like there's always going to be an argument over dubbed versus subbed um when it comes to these these uh japanese properties but that one i would even encourage to watch it the english dubbed Mm. because i actually know some of the voice actors in that Mm. and they are fantastic (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, definitely uh it's definitely good to listen to it in the dubbed one uh version too one of the best ones um so yeah that's just a few of the japanese things that i watch and have watched outside of the kaiju genre i don't really get into the the soap operas and the dramas that i see um on a lot of the streaming services that come from japan there's a japan has a lot of these like soap opera dramas that i'm just not my type of thing yeah i get that so uh but yeah so okay. that's that's something and and you said like your name the 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 movie your name that is a fantastic movie yeah yeah um i have i have that one and i have um another one that's um a silent voice i think is what it's called mm-hmm. um that is 
supposed to be really good that I haven't actually seen yet. That's it's an anime movie, but um, it's supposed to be really good. Nice. Cool. I'm trying to contribute, but I <laughs> have nothing else yeah, to say. <laughs> no. no, I totally understand. I totally understand. It's completely fine. Um, so, I, well, that's it for the mailbag. I hope that uh, Thorax or Kevin, I hope that we uh, answered your question, yeah. um, you know, well enough. Uh, the, he's watching the Zatoichi movies, and I know those are really good. That's really good classic uh, samurai films. Nice. Um. But yeah, so outside of that, the only other thing um, that I have that I want to do uh, is to ask the trivia question that hints to next week's episode. So we're still going in this theme of monster movies that are a little left of center. So the trivia question for next week is which eccentric film is currently the only movie to feature comedy legends Bill Murray and Steve Martin together? Oh, so there's only one. Even though they've worked together on SNL, they are these huge comedy legends. Steve Martin and Bill Murray have only been in one film together. Wow! And that's the film we're going to be talking about next week. Very intriguing on Kaiju Weekly. So, if anyone wants to answer that trivia question, even if you get the question wrong, you can send us on Twitter at Kaiju Weekly, or you can. uh, email us kaijuweekly at gmail.com you can also check out the uh, kaiju groupie facebook group because i will be posting the trivia question there and give us any answer at all even if it's incorrect i'll still give you a shout out on the podcast <laughs> nice so um i want to thank you so much aj for being on this podcast and well, enduring through <laughs> no it was a pleasure this movie <laughs> I I am so glad. I have been you're you were one of the first people that I wrote down for possible guests whenever I was thinking of who to invite on the podcast. So I am so glad that you were able to make it over here. Oh, all good, man. <laughs> all good. And uh so do you want to uh plug anything for your podcast or what you're working on? Um yeah, sure. I'm I'm doing so yeah, as we talked about at the start, I I do a podcast called Cult Popture. Um, you can find us by looking up Cult Popture on wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we have a YouTube channel as well. We make YouTube videos, sort of like video essay kind of kind of stuff. Um, so subscribe to us on there. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cult Popture. Um, you can email us if you want, media at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, we're just a, a, bunch of, a bunch of Kiwis talking about movies. Um, so if you i i always like to try sell our podcast on the fact that we are kiwis more than we talk about movies because there's a hundred <laughs> movie podcasts but there's not as many kiwi podcasts so um ch- yeah check yeah. us out if you love our silly accents um and the way we say tomato yeah <laughs> i tell you the accents still get me every time <laughs> because i mean i not not making fun no, of no. it but just it's it's so different than what i'm used to hearing because most of the podcasts i listen to are australian mm. or they're british and so i'm so used to hearing those accents that when i hear your accent it's like oh wow this is completely different yeah it's like a half-assed <laughs> british or australian like we're <laughs> right it's it's like australian if we don't if we don't enunciate anything right (laughs) yeah but i encourage all of the listeners whoever hasn't 
her cult pop shirt or uh, film uh, franchise Fortnite to go and listen to them because they are a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, they they you really dive deep into movies, but you also do it in a very fun way because, like you said, a lot of the movies that you do have to cover are these ones that. Not, the sequels and stuff are not mm-hmm. great <laughs> yeah yeah you, people get so mad when you tell them that you've done um all 14 land before time films and they talk about how much they love the first one and you're like yeah it's probably one of the worst franchises we've ever covered because it has 13 <laughs> abysmal sequels so there you go if you want to hear all these things we've got over over we've done over 100 franchises um and in between film franchise four nights we have like we call them off weeks where we just do a discussion around a topic, um, which I've recently found out are, are apparently can sometimes be more accessible than film franchise Fortnites because I guess some people <laughs> don't want to listen to, to film franchise Fortnites if they haven't seen the films. Um, yeah, right. so go ahead and listen and, and, and leave a comment. Tell us what you think. We've got a Discord you can join as well. Um, so all sorts of things. And just keep in mind, listeners, that AJ and his co-host have watched all of the Airbud and Air Buddy movies, mm-hmm. and you don't go through that without, you know, coming away with something, yeah, a little loose up, battle up scars. Top. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, one hundred percent. It's like there are battle scars mm-hmm. that come from that kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the same man I was before I watched them. all right well i just want to uh close out this podcast by thanking everyone who has listened and has been listening if you want to follow the podcast on social media you can do that at kaiju weekly on twitter and kaiju weekly pod on instagram which is mostly just pictures of my cat (laughs) because i just i love my cat we uh, we we call her the podcast cat because i record in a small room and i usually lock her out and whenever i'm in here she likes to scratch at the door Mm. and meow and so she makes frequent appearances on the podcast (laughs) the pod the podcast surely yeah the podcast yeah yeah cool So, and if anybody wants to send in questions or comments or answers to our trivia questions to our email, you can do that at kaijuweekly at gmail.com. You can also find us at the Kaiju Groupie Facebook group. It's a fantastic Facebook group for Kaiju fans. It's run by my co-host, Michael, and uh, he set it up, and it's really great. There's not a lot of the... the, toxicity and stuff that you might get in other uh, fan groups on Facebook. Um, you can also follow uh, Michael at Kaiju Groupie 54 and the Kaiju Groupie on Twitter and Instagram. And I also want to give a big thank you to Brian, Shijir, and Thorax, or Kevin, for supporting us on Patreon. And if and I want to do a, a, just a real quick, I, I know this, this, this has nothing to do with you, AJ, but um, uh, just a, a quick little note about Patreon. I know right now uh, times are difficult, so I completely understand if uh, people do not sign up to our Patreon and they and or they can't do it or they need to uh, cancel their Patreon uh, support. Totally fine. Right now is a very difficult time. Uh, we are surviving without you know Patreon support. We've done it before and we will continue to do it. So um, I, I bring up that because I don't want anybody to feel like 
I'm trying to pressure anyone into signing up to Patreon right now when everyone's going through a very difficult financial time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I still bring it up just in case if you do want to support the podcast, if you feel like you're able to support the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash Kaiju Weekly Pod. Yeah. Nice. And so to close. Yeah, and so to close out this episode, I'm going to say, help control the giant tomato population. Have your tomatoes spayed or neutered. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll see you later, guys. Bye.